Welcome to the Eagles Nest Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this recent message. All right, and kids, you can actually stay up here. Desi didn't know this, but uh, Pastor Stu is pulling an audible like the Green Bay Packers against the Redskins today. We're going to spank the Redskins. All right. Can we just stand up and give God a, a praise offering of Thanksgiving? If you want to shout, if you want to clap. I want to honor the Lord's presence in this house. I continue, continue. This doesn't need to stop. Just give it a couple seconds. At least our worship team should be out shouting everybody. Who's on the worship team? Just continue to give God praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. As you sit down, grab your Bible. We're going to do something a little different today. I am uh, full of anticipation for a fresh move of God. Are you? That's good. Sounds like I came to the right place today. I'm going to grab another. So once you have a Bible, and it has to be paper, I want you to hold it up in the air. All right, keep it held high. Kids, this is uh, for you guys to engage in as well. I'm going to do a little activity. All right, I don't see everybody holding a Bible up. Once you got your Bible, hold it up high. So I went to grade school, like all of you. And my grade school was at a Calvary Baptist church. It was an awesome experience. God's heart for the word and understanding his principles uh, was just drilled into me. (laughs) And I mean drilled. And one of the things that we did was sword drills. Anybody know what a sword drill is? So a sword drill, what you're holding up in the air right now is a sword. And if our beautiful media team, who are very talented, are able to, they're going to try to get the Facebook live stream up there so we can see the comments. So what we're going to do today for a redeemed 20-year anniversary t-shirt that is uh, going to be the, the reward. When I was in school, it was a Mountain Dew or it was a free hot lunch. And that was back when it was 75 cents. Oh, that is awesome, Wendy. So they technically, somebody, somebody watch the time. If they beat us at a delay of like five seconds, then they win. But this is for everybody online who is watching as well. Uh, we have anybody watching as well? Oh, that's awesome. Two people. Okay. Yep, live. Sweet. So what we're going to be doing here is keep those Bibles high because then I know you're not cheating. Oh, I got to give my love to Curtis Eubanks. I love you, man, and, and whoever is with you, God bless you, Curtis. That man can sing. Holy smokes. Holy ghost. He's going to He just got asked. We're doing something afterwards. God knows who to bring. Okay. Are you ready? I'm going to give you a chapter and a verse, and the first person to stand and read it, I must say, can't use your phone, because that's like a little cheating. That's very much cheating. No phone, it got to be paper. It got to be paper. Stand up and read it as loud and proud as you can. I don't care which translation, and you will get this shirt. What if you know it by heart? Then you are extra blessed, and you're going to win the shirt. I don't know if you do, Lowell. Here we go. Are you ready? Luke 2. Hold your phones in the air, folks. Bible's up. Bible's up. Close that. Close that. Luke 2, verse 19. Go. Luke 2.19, who's going to read it and stand? you got to read it. You can't just stand to get the shirt. Oh, boy, Mitch. And pondered them in her heart. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Well, Mitch, Mitch gets a round of applause, and he gets a free T-shirt. Sponsored by... Pastor Stu. And you might like, dude, dude's already got a shirt. Well, Mitch can give that shirt away to whoever he wants. So you can do that now or you can do it later. Who, who wants a t-shirt? Mitch is going to. All right. We're going to do one more because, and now Mitch can't participate. Obviously, Mitch and I have had many years of practice. Get those, board, those swords in the air, Okay. Swords in the air. 
those of you who have done this before, you're like trying to see where the teacher's flipping, and then you kind of know the general direction. I'm going to give you a really easy one, just because not everybody knows where the books of the Bible are, and that is okay. We need to be okay with people who are brand new to Christ Jesus, amen? All right. When I say go, you guys can look. Genesis 37, 9, go. All right, Danny. Woo! Mic check. One, two, one, two. What was it, 37, nine? Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. 37.9. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Amen. Danny, I'm going to throw you your shirt real quick. All right, so... What's that? See, see Wendy for a shirt uh, exchange. Okay, we can, we can move that. You know, I love God because he loves humor, but he gets into that. And I, I kid you not, I had a vision of Danny this morning, and I, I wanted to involve him somehow, and it's just the Lord that you would win it. And I have a word, Pastor Danny. I'm just speaking that and declaring that out loud in Jesus' name. That was rolling around in my spirit this morning, Danny. You getting that absolutely is a a sign that I needed to say that. So I spoke it out loud, and it's in action. All right, so you are already there. Chapter 37 of Genesis is we're going to hang out there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. Computers are so stupid. Holy cow. Those of you guys that were watching, I did not have a uh, computer working on my piano because, because I entered the, the anointed vortex. And I am not... A, I, <laughs> this is weird, guys. We need to just, we need to, uh, just drop oil on this platform because my computer just took a sabbatical on me. But I came with extras. Pastor Bill, Pastor Bill Ruppert, please stand. Pastor Bill preached on this. Can we honor Bill and his heart? You can sit down, Bill. Pastor Bill had it on his heart to share about Joseph um, a couple weeks ago. And I was so excited for him. Just like, you know, when you're on the same team and, and you're your brother, Mitch, scores the goal. You know, I remember one time Mitch and I were on an outdoor team, on outdoor playing field, and we had this ridiculously fast-paced, you know, burp, burp, and Mitch slid it in, and, you know, I was as excited as, as I had scored the goal. I had Joseph on my heart since summer, preached about Joseph, and God knows how to talk to his people and say the same thing to everybody to get a message across. The Holy Spirit isn't splintered. The Holy Spirit brings family, brings unity. And he brings a oneness to the body of Christ and a oneness to his family of believers, even within the house. One of the first things that the enemy tries to attack is the family. You've heard my dad say it. I want to say it as well. One of the first things God tries, uh, the enemy tries to attack is the family and tries to sow discourse, tries to sow offense, tries to get people to think funky things. And uh, God is stronger than all of that as we just continue to humble ourselves before him. So when Bill brought Joseph to the table, like God showed me Danny this morning, and then Danny spoke, I knew God was trying to communicate a message. And Bill, you, uh, you set the table, and we had a wonderful meal with you. And um, today, I, if I were to compare it to a meal, I would say it's a steak dinner, and there's, there's some sides that are really delicious that I'll, I'll be sharing with you in the Lord's anointing. And then there's a steak, Okay. The, test, the, 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 the title of today is Your Destiny, Another's Dream. We're going to be talking about your destiny for the next two weeks. Next week, we're going to be talking about your destiny, God's season. 
But today we're talking about another's dream. And in Genesis 37, I'm going to read it a little bit. So if you have your Bibles there still, um, and kids, this is so good for you to hear God's word, to be in God's word. That's why I wanted you in the house today. It says, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, say 17. 17. Everybody's been 17 before. I feel like that's a Taylor Swift song or something. Or it's 21, isn't it? 22. Yeah, 22. It's 24. Blood of Jesus. All right. Being 17 years old, he was feeding his flock, the flock with his brethren, and the lad was with the sons of Billah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. So he's young. He's 17. 17 is a humongous year. We've heard that in this house. If you've been here, I'm not going to teach it. Dad's talked about that before. Verse 3, now Israel, that's his father, the new name of Jacob, his name was Israel, loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that his father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. That's a tough spot to be in. Not Joseph's fault, is it? It's just circumstance bringing about envy, jealousy, and ultimately hatred. But God, I can see even in these three, four verses, has protected him. It doesn't say that, and his brethren were conspiring to kill him yet. I think that's interesting. The, the brothers just hated him. Here's the asparagus on the plate, one of them. When a man's ways please the Lord, what? He makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. You may have enemies, but if your ways please the Lord, they are at peace with you. And that's, that's, that's a principle of Christian living that Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes we want to bring closure. We want to bring peace. We want friendship. We want hugs and kisses. But God didn't say that was our walk. God said that we would have enemies, but that he would make them to be at peace with us if we please him, if our ways please him. So I, I do think Joseph is still in the clear. I think Jacob, his father's name is Israel now, making it tough on him, but God knew that. But then verse 5 happens. If you're taking notes, this is what I would call a God moment. When God shows up in your life in such a clear way, for me, for me, when God does that to me, I, I just start weeping uncontrollably. I remember specific moments in my teenage years where I, would, I was just weeping at his feet for an hour or two hours. I couldn't get a hold of myself. I had no idea why, um, but God was touching my life. Joseph had a moment. He had a God moment. It says in verse 5, Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brothers. Okay, and then there's the Joseph moment. He told it to his brothers. But this morning, I don't want it to be about Joseph, because as I was thinking about this, and, and oftentimes preachers will, will really, really rub these char characters, these people in the Bible um, as if we would have done better. And I, I don't think I would have. So if, if Joseph was sitting on the front pew, I, I get it. <laughs> You're really excited. You had a God moment. You want to tell your family, the people who would support you and love you, you would think. The people who would care for you and pray for you and say, yes, that's, that's God. And let's work together and fast and pray and figure out how to have that stream come to pass. So I'm not hating on Joseph today. I want to call it a me moment. We went from a God moment to a me moment where Stu walked maybe a little too fast. And what does it say there then? It says that they hated him yet the more. Uh-oh. Everybody say, uh-oh. Uh -oh. Yeah, that's uh-oh. And he said unto them, here, I pray you this dream that I've dreamed. God just talked to me about my future. I'm going to be a millionaire. Or I, I, I'm going to marry the prettiest lady in the world. Or, I've got this call. I'm going to be the senior pastor someday. 
Or, I'm going to take over the business someday. Current business owner. (laughs) We've all done it. So, Joseph, and I do, I sincerely, like, if, when Joseph hears my sermon, like, if I was Joseph, I'd be like, dial up all earthly podcasts and filter on Joseph, and I want to hear what people thought about it. Like, they've been up there forever and eternity. Eventually, you want to hear the sermons. And so, if that's the case, I, it's interesting to me that human nature does that. It's not a Joseph thing. It's a me thing. I took a God moment, and I turned it into a me moment. A me moment. One of my other favorite verses in scripture that I repeat to myself, that whole like when a, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. I say that at work. I say that around my family. Y'all think because we're neighbors that we hug and kiss each other all day long. Nope. Some of you guys get to escape the family drama and you only experience it three times a year. Three times a year since I'm being visually recorded. I don't get to do that. I see my lovely brother-in-law, David, almost every morning if I want to, but he gets out of work. I see the whole family. So what happened on Saturday night, I get to see on Sunday morning. So the me moments that Stu grabs, I, you know, we, we all need to understand the responsibility there. So let's read this dream. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and, and all stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. Do you think they're mad yet? <laughs> like, come on, man. What are you doing? This, this, can't, this can't seriously. But hey, I've been anointed before. And in that same moment of anointing, when I'm declaring God's voice in a beautiful song that either God wrote through me, or this awesome lineup or whatever, and I step outside and bam, I'm out of the anointing as soon as I got in it. Here's, a, here's, here's, here's the mashed potatoes. One time I was on a stage just recently. I was at a college show, presentation of the gospel. It was, it was a phenomenal night. I'm all excited. We're on a stage. I jump off of the stage. It's probably four foot high. I was excited to go say hi to somebody and hug somebody. Oh, that didn't feel good on my knee. And immediately I, I realized as I started to step off the stage, I'm like, whoops, kicked a pine tree. I, I've, I've started to feel like, Stu, you need to calm down. You need to, you need to relax and stay in the pocket of the anointing. The same thing that happens when you have been in a worship night and you're so excited that you lose your voice. God didn't want you to lose your voice. As, as Joseph was in the Lord's presence in this dream, no sooner does he have the God moment that he turns it into a me moment, and he's, he's, he's not allowing his brothers to be at peace at him, with him. Verse 9, Danny's verse. <clears throat> Sorry, let me back up in verse 8. This is really important. This is when those of you that hear the Holy Spirit and acknowledge his voice, some of you guys hear this a lot, you don't know it's the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit. When you hear these corrections, It's important to immediately apologize, immediately come back to the presence, immediately go back to the Lord and say, you're right, Lord, I humble myself. Verse 8, and his brethren said unto him, shalt thou indeed reign over us? We already know dad loves you more than everybody else. We know you're going to have the family business. We know you're going to have everything. And God told our great grandpa that the sands of the shores, you know, uh, are yours. Anybody hearing me today? Okay. This side is. And, he, and, and so they said, and they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. That's the second time they said that. <clears throat> That's not good. Everybody say, uh-oh. All right, so he has another God moment. God is merciful. God is gracious. He healed my knee. He's saved people in the shows where I've gotten a little out of character or too excited. Because I was single once, and maybe I enjoyed it a little bit. No religion here, guys. Verse 9, And he dreamed yet another dream, and told his brethren, and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father. Okay, so he learned a lesson. He didn't go tell it to his brothers, because he felt the mood. Anybody 
with half a brain would feel that vibe. We've all felt the family vibe. When you're not welcome at the ham table, they're not looking at you. They're not hugging you. They don't acknowledge you until everybody says goodbye. And you're like, hey, it's great to see you. We didn't talk for three hours because we were around each other, but we didn't. Got quiet. Verse 10, and he told it to his father and to his brethren. And the father rebuked him, even though he loved him more than anybody else. He's like, Joseph. What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves before you to the earth? And his brethren envied him, and his father observed the saying. Interesting, huh? I think it's amazing that we can have God moments. We can have the Lord show up. And I, I do want to go on record that I believe that happens today. I believe that people hear his audible voice. I believe that prophecies are true. I believe that God speaks through people to me more often than I hear his audible voice or I see dreams or visions. I believe that oftentimes you guys are speaking to me in, in the seasons that I need to hear things, correction or encouragement. And so when we have those God moments, it's so important that we avoid the me moments. Interesting. So God is so gracious, though. Everybody say, God is so gracious. gracious. That he can overcome our me moments. Can you just say, Lord, thank you for overcoming my me moments. Thank you for overcoming my me seasons. Come on, say it. Thank you for overcoming my me seasons. And I thank you for more God moments. Amen. We're talking about your destiny today. Joseph had a dream. He knew it was God. I've had dreams like that. I knew they were the Lord. I had them when I was a teenager. I started having a lot of dreams when I was in high school. How many of you guys have had God moments? Put your hands in the air if you've had dreams or prophecies or words come from a pastor or a conference and it hit you. It was like somebody read your mail. Hallelujah. Can we just give him praise for those? Before I move past this, It's really, really, really important that we capture, everybody say capture. We capture that God moment. We recognize that that was God talking to Stu. I need to capture it. Some people don't believe it. I've given prophecies to people and I know that they are emotional. Those of you that are intercessors, you experience this often. People will come into the presence of God, they'll get wrecked. And then they go out without capturing the God moment. And you watch their gram, you watch their Twitter, you watch their Facebook. Monday morning, they're spewing all kinds of stuff. It's like, but yesterday, but yesterday happened. So after we capture it, we have to believe it. Everybody say believe. You've got to believe your God moment. If I don't believe my God moment, it's going to take a long time for it to come to pass. I'm going to say it again. It's going to take a really long time for it to come to pass. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, it might not come to pass until you're in heaven. I feel the Lord. you got to capture your God moment. Most of you have done that. You've got to believe your God moment. Some of you have stopped believing in your God moment. Some of you got to go back in your voice memos, go back in your journals, go back in whatever you do to capture your God moment and believe in that God moment again. Does anybody have a God moment that you got to go back and visit? That's why we're here, folks. Not to sing songs and make sure my goofy piano works. It is to get a God moment and believe in it. And after you believe in your God moment, you got to hold on to it. Most of us stop holding on. I believe down in my spirit that I'm supposed to be a musician doing something. But i got to hold on to it. 
I got to hold on to it. I may have stepped out of the boat. Some of us, some of us pride ourselves in how easy we step out of the boat because we believe in God. We believe in the Spirit. We are Holy Ghost-filled, Spirit-speaking, tongues flaming, and everything else, sermon stopping, and then we sink in the waves really fast. I got to hold on to the God moment that I had. I'm going to be like Stephen. Am I just preaching to myself today? Somebody stand up and give God praise for the God moment. Somebody stand up and give God praise. Come on. I mean, seriously, praise God. Praise God. We want revival, but we don't want to be crazy. We don't want to be foolish. We don't want to be stupid for Jesus. We want to make sure our ties are straight and our pants are tight, and I'm sharing my socks with everybody, but we don't want to live for Christ from Monday through Saturday. It's time that we maybe turn on Kanye West and listen to somebody who got saved. This morning I'm driving to church, and I'm almost starting to weep because that man got saved. I listened to the first three songs, and I don't know what to do with myself. I hate R&B. But I love the Spirit of God in Kanye. Somebody say, get back to your notes. <laughs> Our God moments, please write it down. you got to capture your God moment. Joseph captured it. You've got to believe it. He believed it so crazy that he got stupid. Sometimes we got to be like Solomon said, and you know what? Discretion shall what? Preserve you. Discretion shall preserve you. you got to know when to be stupid. Otherwise, you're like David, and your wife's thinking, you're on the couch, honey. Everybody honors David for dancing in his gym shorts. If I was there, I'd probably say, David, you need to grow in some self-control, sir. There's a time and a place. And then you got to hold on to it. Don't let go. Don't let go of what God told you. You've got to be fierce with the God moments that you've had. You've got to push the enemy back and not be pushed down. Okay. When you realize God's dream, I want to, I want to skip a bunch of chapters because there's some scary stuff that happened in there. Chapter 38 talks about some situations where his brothers were not following Jesus and, and funky stuff happened. Some of you guys need to read it. And just because you need to know how honest God is. God isn't scared of your sins. I'm pretty sure nobody did chapter 38. I'm pretty sure. Okay? God is not afraid of your past. God is not afraid of what you've done in your head or out loud. God loves you more than that. And so whatever God has given you in your moments, they are absolutely achievable. And you need to hear somebody say that. Your God moments are achievable. It does not require your talents or your skills. It only requires your faith. Otherwise, nobody could stand. Who shall stand? So, Genesis 39 happens. Holy Ghost. That's just not fair, you know? And the crazy thing is most of us probably would have slept with her. He didn't. He ran because he loved Jesus too much. Here's, here's here, I don't know, what are we left? We said asparagus, mashed potatoes, here's like the mushrooms. Some of us are struggling in a sin. And the only way you can get out of sin is when you hate it. We can proclaim the blood of Jesus over our lives till we're blue in the face, but if you love that, but you say that, you're still going to do that. When you hate the sin that separates you from Christ hearing his voice, that's when the sin no longer has you. And you will walk out of that sin. That's why some people have the testimony, oh yeah, one day I was smoking three packs. I don't, I don't know what the terminology is. I've never smoked. And then the next day I didn't like them. It's because they hated it. And that is because the righteousness of God has filled them. Once we're filled with the righteousness of God, we're enabled to hate sin. And once we commit to hating that sin, we're separated from it. Joseph hated the sin that his brothers committed. 
He hated the sin of the Egyptians that he was around. That's why he was able to see a beautiful woman, probably the most beautiful woman, who grabbed him, and I'm sure wasn't looking all bundled up, and he split. That's why he did that. That's amazing. That's a nugget. Hallelujah. Put that in your pouch. That's a nugget. So God saw that. You see these tests? Some of them are his fault. Some of them aren't his fault. See, some of us, you guys, we're making it too complicated. It is not about us. It is so not about what you did or what you didn't do. It is about how do you trust God? How much do you love God? Are you holding on to your God moments? Because that's what God's designed you to do. Joseph knew he had this thing. How did he get there in the first place? He was in the prison. God called him to prison ministry. And again, I don't, I don't want to do like most pastors. Yeah, he was woeing in me and, you know, God, this sucks. And why am I not out of, well, you said I would be this. And I'm like, I don't know how old he is. Somebody tell me how old you think he is. Let's just say he wasn't going into fulfilling his dreams that he knew God told him. He had two of them. That's crazy. I'm going to start talking about the stake today. When, when he saw the dreams of his heart put there by God not happening. In fact, I would argue being distanced from himself. You're in jail. You're a long ways away from people bound down to you. <laughs> okay? As he started to identify other folks' destinies, as he started to see other people's dreams and work to fulfilling those dreams, that was both the literal and the figurative key that unlocked the, ch- the door from one season to the next. We're going to talk about seasons next week. Jesus, help me. We are very good, especially this house, we are very good at being aware of what God's called us to do, of what God has put in our hearts to do, of what God has sung over us in the night seasons, of what we've, 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 we've made our pilgrimages to Bethel. And I don't mean that hilariously. I mean that with, that is, a, that is a place in the earth right now where God is just pouring his spirit out. And I want that to be this house. And it is, but in, not in a big way yet. Everybody say yet. And so we are very good at hearing them and even pursuing God moments. And God meets us. That's the beautiful thing is we seek him and we'll find him. And so we get these God moments. And the, the, the thing that we have to be careful with is that we don't become completely devouring our own God moments. That we don't see just that. And we pass by all these opportunities to serve. Joseph found that out in the prison. That as he had one eye on his God moment, he never lost sight of it. He discovered that the power of God comes into your life and elevates your ministry or your call, I would even say activates your call as you serve somebody else and interpret their dream. I'll say it again. I think we often are so good at trying to interpret our own dreams, of trying to find out how and when and why, God, for my dream. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what I'm called to do. And we're all consumed with it. God's like, Stu, you don't have to. You don't have to worry about that. I want you to be about my father's business, which was serving everybody else and unlocking their destinies and helping them understand their dreams. Because what I've put in God, through God in people for you, I'm doing the same thing in you to other people. Does that make sense? What God put in me, I have to ensure that that is going out to other people. And as I am unlocking their dreams, as I'm telling my butler and my baker how their dreams are going to unfold, God is going to bring me into mine. As I take my eye off of Stu's mind perspective on that dream and how it's going to happen, and look at, I'm just going to pick on David Castle's dream. Nathan, Nathan's dream, 
Nick's dream. As I start to see other people and I start to love them like I love my own self and my own dreams, God's going to speak to me loudly about their dreams. And I'm going to be able to unlock their dreams for them. They can't do it without me. People's dreams, people's destinies are hinging on you obeying the Lord and going to them and saying, here's the interpretation of your season. Here's the interpretation of your dreams. Here's what God's doing to you right now. Because sometimes I can't see the forest from the trees. I'm not designed to see the forest from the trees that I'm in. I see an oak tree. I see a willow tree. I see all kinds of scary stuff. I see all kinds of beautiful stuff. I'm either going to get swallowed up in pride or swallowed up in fear. I need somebody else to come to me and say, this is the season that you're into. This is how you unlock your dream. This is what you can't see because God's not going to let you see it. I need to do that for somebody else. I know God has so many dreams. Think of it as the golden ticket. If you're a Willy Wonka guy, it's in your pocket. You can't cash it and you got to give it to somebody else so they can feel the love of God and feel the hunger and thirst for righteousness. They are waiting for you to come to them. You are their Gabriel. What was the other verse we looked up? Luke 2 is 19. Here's something that Mary did better than anybody else in the Bible. She hid it in her heart. She hid it. She held on to it. She was a teenager. She was looked at like what we would look at that today, no different, worse. <laughs> she held on to it. As we hold on to our dreams and hide them in our hearts, Holy Ghost, we're going to find an Elizabeth that's got a John the Baptist in their heart, and we're going to be able to speak into their life. Let's stand and give God praise for that. Come on, stand and give God praise for that. You have somebody's key on your keychain. You do not have your key on your keychain. We have a keychain. You don't have your key on it. I don't have my key on my keychain. I have everybody else's that God has destined me to go find and establish in the kingdom. As I unlock those doors, all of a sudden, I don't have to worry about my own dreams because I'm walking in it. Jesus did only what? The Father said. Everybody say it. Jesus did only what? As he did only what the Father said, and he didn't like, okay, where's the cross? Where's the cross? Where's the cross? Oh, I'm 30 years old. It's got to be the cross time. Where's the cross? No, he didn't do that. He knew he had a cross coming. He focused on what God had him do. Does that make sense? We can sit down. I want us to just really get excited, and I'm sorry if I'm offending you, but this is what God called me to do, is get excited for Jesus. And I'll, I'll, I'll pay, I'll, you know, the Holy Spirit will correct me tomorrow. So just bear with me, okay? And, and everybody else. <laughs> but we have to understand that this is not about us. This is about you finding somebody else. Where's your butler? Where's your baker? Where's the meek person? Remember? Who's meek? All right, so then we get out. And Joseph's probably like, sweet, I made it. <laughs> this is my dream fulfilled. Nope. Nope. The cards just got stacked higher. God has trusted you with the butler and the baker. You are obedient. Now, we're in a little bit of an accelerated program here. You get to tell the Pharaoh what dream he dreamt, and then you get to interpret the dream. Any of you guys feel like you've been promoted recently? Don't be humble. Be proud about it. Is God promoting anybody in the house today? Are you walking in a greater anointing? Okay. Some of you guys, we're going to pray for them. So, because everybody should be walking in a greater anointing. Otherwise, the word isn't true. He said glory to glory, so we got to be doing it. And so Joseph's in a new glory, and now this, the stakes are higher. He probably gets the dream wrong, he's dead. If he gets the interpretation wrong, he's dead. He's probably thinking like, oh, Pharaoh doesn't like the dream that I think God told me that I think I know the interpretation of, I'm dead. Kind of intense. It's intense, I think. I get to, yeah. So we... We have this moment where we've been obedient and then we get into front of Pharaoh and we find that God is going to continue to do the same thing through us. We never stop sowing into other people. He wasn't saved. He wasn't Pentecostal. He wasn't praying in tongues. Some of us are looking for spiritual people to unlock. That's not what God qualifies. You very may well be stuck 
in your life with Jesus because you're not opening your eyes large enough to people who don't know God. I don't have to actually wait for them to get saved and to know Jesus and the Romans road for me to unlock their destiny. You know how many people I've helped at Harley-Davidson and they don't know Jesus and they're getting promoted. God's given me something to give to them. Amen. We have a responsibility to be selfless. We have a responsibility to hold on to the dream that God's given us. Stay away from the me moments. If you step into one, know that God's graciousness more than covers it. God's graciousness is there where sin abounds. For me, at least. All of us, yes. Come on. Let's all stand. I need us to stay awake. Because God's presence is here, and some of us aren't used to God's presence. Some of us are used to more theatrics. Some of us are used to really awesome sounds. Some of us are used to uh, sermons that are 25 minutes. God isn't defined by that. He wants you to have a God moment. He wants you to hold on to that moment. And he wants you to start unlocking other people's moments so that they can find Jesus. It's about Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the act of interpreting another person's dream, you will unlock the prison door that you are in. You will walk into the palace of your destiny. But guess what? Like I said, you're not done yet because you have still another's dream to interpret. We are in the business of interpreting other people's dreams. And as we stop to focus just on our dream, our timetable, our ministry, my giftings, my giftings not being used. Oh, man. As we stop to focus on our failures, maybe we need a self-confidence boost today. Your family, this or that. If we start asking God, who's got a dream that I'm a key to? Who has the dream that I have the key to? Who's got it? A destiny that needs my skills, that needs my abilities. God is going to put us in a jersey that we didn't know we had to wear. The key is to realize your God-given purpose, your dream, your destiny is to equip and enable someone else's God-given purpose. That's how the kingdom of heaven works. That's how the kingdom of heaven works. I think, I think our passion, whether it's Steve in Elevation or us here, all of you are passionate. It's a humble thing because we understand the time is of essence. Our president is getting chased, okay? Uh, uh, our families are getting pursued. The enemy's got this master plan. He thinks he's going to fold us. He thinks the church hasn't got the gall. He thinks the church doesn't have the unction. Well, we're here to say that we do. Yeah. We're here to say that, devil, you've been served. We're here to say that this is the generation that seeks God. We're here to say that my hands are, are clean and my heart is pure. Can everybody please stand in the presence of the Lord? Are your hands clean? Are your heart pure? I implore you by the Lord of this earth that the devil hasn't won, that the devil hasn't gotten the victory, that Jesus is the king of our kings the king of our presidents, the king of our schools, the king of the sins that our families are floundering in, the king of every piece of ambiguity and confusion, he is in top of it all. Lord, I thank you that as we surrender our hearts to you in Jesus' name, that as we come to you, Lord, with our dreams, they may not make sense, they may make perfect sense, they may force us into the me moments where we're just so excited and, and all of a sudden we got our boxers on and we're praising Jesus and we didn't mean to. You love us more than that. We don't hold us, hold us back, God. You just love us and you say, Stu, let's, let's do this. Let's do that. Here's the person. Here's that. God, thank you for opening our ears today. Thank you for opening our ears today. Thank you for opening our hearts to hear you, to feel you, to sense you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's just be quiet before the Lord right now. I want, I want the Holy Spirit to be able to minister to us.
every age. Am I Levi, Emily's baby, son or daughter, to the, whoever's the oldest in here? God has the timetable, be at peace. God has your ministry, be at peace. It's not the ministry of Stu, it's the ministry of Jesus Christ. It wasn't Joseph's ministry. He realized that. That's why he was able to flee and not have sex with that lady. That's why he was able to hear God clear enough to hear a dream, interpret the dream, and be entrusted with the whole kingdom. That's why he could see his brothers, and he knew which ones wanted to kill him. He knew which ones wanted to put him in a pit. He knew which ones just went along because because they weren't confident enough to push the confident ones aside. And he could love them. And he could escape to a back room and just start weeping because he loved them. Some of us, some of us have held hostage the love of Jesus Christ from people who have put us in a pit, from people who have put us, in our mind, behind schedule. And as we open the love of Jesus Christ, the storehouses of grain that God's put in our hearts for them, we're going to walk in a glory that we've never experienced. As we open up the storehouses of grain in our hearts and go pursue them and go find them. Come on, folks. This is the best Christmas message you've ever heard. We're coming up to a season where we get to show the storehouses or we get to keep the door shut. We get to put... We get to put seeds of another meeting, another family gathering, another union, or we can block it off till next Christmas. We have silver cups to put in bags. We have ways. We know God's put in our hearts to bring unity to our family tables. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands to Jesus right now. Hallelujah. Just receive Receive his peace, receive his love, receive his comfort. As as you're just devouring this Holy Spirit meal, be comforted. It's so comforting knowing that your destiny is in God's hands. And it's expedited as we, we look at other people's lives, we look at other people's dreams, and we help them in love, and we offer them. Jesus said, as we do the least of these That's how you treat me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to invite my dad up and Mitch on the guitar. And I just want us to continue. If your eyes are closed and you're in in that moment, that God moment, I expect God to have moments with us right now. I just want, I want to respect what the Lord's doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. After the evil report was given to Potiphar about Joseph, which was a lie, Potiphar released him to the prison. The scripture tells us, Stu, and I think you shared by the Holy Spirit that we're all in the place of Joseph. It was in the prison where his dreams were put on hold that it says in verse 21 of chapter 39, but the Lord was with Joseph, but Yahweh was there in the prison, showing him mercy, extending kindness, and giving favor to Joseph in the sight of the worldly prison keeper. And then the prison keeper saw the favor of God and put everyone in the prison underneath Joseph. What does that mean? That means everyone that doesn't know the Lord around you has been placed underneath your care. Everyone around you in the prison of not knowing the love of God has been placed under the authority of the power of attorney that God put in you. Thank you, Jesus. Will you begin to sing? Will you begin to sing over yourself because God's singing over you? The Bible says that the Lord Yahweh in our midst is mighty. He's mighty to save. He rejoices over you. He rejoices over me. 
He does it with great singing and dancing and celebrating. And he invites us into that place of the Spirit where the dream is in the process of being executed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Could some of you singers come and help Mitch and just get on a choral? No one can ever take our song. If you've never met Jesus, if you've met him, will you just join me anyway and just call on the name of the Lord together? Lord, thank you for sending mercy to me right now. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being with me and extending kindness, not remembering uh, lies that I've spoken or that have been spoken over me. I just receive your goodness and kindness and mercy. I surrender my life to you as best as I know how. Jesus, thank you for being my redeemer. Thank you for dreaming about me when you were on that cross. Thank you that that dream is still in motion and being fulfilled. Thank you, Father, for taking my life and placing it in your family. Thank you for giving me the promise of eternal life through simple faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I surrender my life to you. And with gratitude, I just join in these singer songs. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah, as they sing, I just invite you to come up for prayer. If, if, if any part of this Holy Spirit meal touched you, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. I don't want us to leave with any scraps on the plate. Okay? So I just invite you as they're singing uh, just to respect uh, the Lord's anointing and continue to enjoy His presence. Thanks for listening to this recent message. Please visit eaglesnestchurch.net for more information.